Please be seated and turn in your Bibles again to 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 8. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead of the seed of David, according to my gospel. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead. The Apostle Paul here writing to his ministerial protege, Timothy, exhorts him to press on, to persevere in fulfilling the vocation to which he has been called as a minister of Christ, as a soldier of Christ, indeed as the husbandman who labors for the sake of Christ. He is to press on, to persevere in his calling to preach and to teach the gospel of Christ. And to that end, it is essential, indeed vital, for him to remember Jesus Christ and remember specifically his status as the exalted Christ. Remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead. The apostle gives this exhortation not because Timothy had forgotten Christ, nor because it was likely that he would come to forget him. Paul's intention here is to give Timothy sufficient rationale the necessary rationale for the exhortation to perseverance, the exhortation to press on in his calling. The only way Timothy could ultimately fulfill what God had given him to do, the only way he could persevere in the midst of all of the trouble and all of the trial and all of the temptation that would face him as a minister was for him to remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead. If he is to be strengthened in the grace that is in Christ, if he's to commit the gospel to faithful men who will teach the next generation of ministers, if he is to suffer hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, if he is to consider appropriately everything and consider everything that Paul has said to him, then he must contemplate by faith Jesus Christ risen from the dead. And what was true of Timothy with respect to his vocation, his particular vocation as a minister, is true with respect to us as believers, with respect to our general vocation as Christians. If we are to persevere, if we are to press on, 
we must remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead. And remember Him not merely in terms of His, we might say, historicity. Remember Him not just in terms of the reality that He is and that that He has risen. But to remember Him, we might even say, theologically and personally. Remember who He is and what He has done for us, even remembering, contemplating, meditating upon the reality that He is risen from the dead for us. The 44th question and answer of an Orthodox catechism speaks of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and helps us to understand that the resurrection and the truth of the resurrection is not merely, again, concerning the historicity, the reality of the resurrection. Yes, that's significant, and I'm not seeking to downplay or, or, or undermine that in any way whatsoever. But the resurrection is significant according to the catechism precisely because Jesus rose from the dead for us. It speaks of the profit of Christ's resurrection, the benefit of Christ's resurrection. Remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead for us. What does the resurrection of Christ profit us, the catechism asks. And it answers first, by his resurrection, he vanquished death. That he might make us partakers of that righteousness which he had gotten us by his death. Second, we are now also stirred up by his power to a new life. Lastly, the resurrection of our head, Christ, is a pledge to us of our glorious resurrection. Remember the resurrection then. Remember Christ risen from the dead as risen for us. We are the beneficiaries of Christ's resurrection. And so when we remember Christ in order that we might persevere in faith in Jesus Christ... And when we remember his resurrection, what we're remembering are those benefits that are ours in virtue of Christ. We're remembering that which not only enables us to persevere, but we are remembering that we persevere precisely because Christ is risen from the dead. We are able to press on in faith in Jesus Christ precisely because Christ is alive, risen, not dead. Precisely because He is risen for us. And so as we think through the resurrection and think through what it means to profit from the resurrection, to be to receive the benefits of Christ's resurrection, we want to notice two things briefly this afternoon. First of all, to the end of our participation in Christ and in His resurrection, 
we should remember Jesus Christ. That is, Christ and the risen Christ, the exalted Christ, is and should be the object of our believing contemplation and meditation. We should think about Jesus Christ. And when we think about Jesus Christ, we should think first of all that he is risen from the dead. That on the third day, by the power of God, indeed the power of the Father, which is the selfsame power as the Son and the selfsame power of the Spirit, by the power of God, Christ's body which lay in the disgrace of death, was brought back to life, reunited with his soul. By the power of God, what was lifeless became alive again. By the power of God, Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And he rose from the dead for us. We are to think upon, meditate upon, contemplate what the scriptures teach concerning Jesus Christ risen from the dead. That in his resurrection, the Lord Jesus Christ entered into that state of exaltation in which, as Paul says elsewhere, he was given the name which is above every name. We are to contemplate that Jesus Christ entered into that state of exaltation in fulfillment of all of God's promises. In fulfillment even of God's oath made to David. Hence the reference here to Jesus Christ risen from the dead of the seed of David. The Lord swore to David that his seed would sit upon his throne. That his seed would build the temple. That God would fulfill his purposes through David's seed. And the one, the only one of whom this is true is Jesus Christ. Even David himself, as we saw from Peter's sermon at Pentecost this morning, even David himself is yet buried in the tomb. But Jesus is risen from the dead. He is the one in whom God fulfills his oath to David. 
He is the living Christ, risen from the dead, the fulfillment of God's promises, the exalted one who rules and reigns over all things for the sake of his church, for the sake of his people. We are to remember then Jesus Christ, exalted, exalted in fulfillment of God's promises, and exalted in fulfillment of God's promises to us and for us. Paul here even speaks of the fact that he, we are to remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead of the seed of David according to my gospel. Paul does not mean that he made up the truth of the resurrection, but that he proclaimed it as part and parcel of the gospel to which he was called to be a minister, or of which he was called to be a minister. Remember this Christ, exalted, exalted from the dead in fulfillment of God's promises, the one who is proclaimed as the living Savior of sinners. And so Paul calls us to remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead. Christ is to be the object of our believing contemplation. But secondly, when he speaks of remembering Jesus Christ, he would have us to remember the benefits of Jesus Christ. Not only making Christ himself and his resurrection, and his resurrection as the fulfillment of God's promises, as the resurrected one, whose resurrection is central to the gospel which Paul proclaimed, but to remember Christ as our life-giving Savior. To remember that who we are and all that we have is in virtue of the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Remember that Christ, by his resurrection, conquered death, defeated death. So much so that in that great chapter on the resurrection, the Apostle Paul comes to the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and can speak of Christ having defeated death in such a way That death itself is mocked. The grave is mocked. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? It has no sting. It has no victory. Because Christ has vanquished the grave. Christ has conquered death. And he has conquered death for us. Indeed, he has conquered death, as the catechism teaches, so that we might be partakers of that righteousness which he had gotten by his death. We, in virtue of the resurrection, have been made partakers of the righteousness that Christ merited by his death. The living 
Christ is the Christ who died for our sins. Who took the curse upon himself, who bore it. And who by his dying acquired righteousness for us. But a dead Christ doesn't give this righteousness. Only a living Christ does. And so as he rises victorious over the grave, rises victorious over death, he dispenses that victory. Indeed, he dispenses the righteousness that he had acquired by his death. This is why Paul in Romans 4 can speak of the fact that he was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. The righteousness that he had merited by his death, he gives freely as the resurrected one. In virtue of his resurrection then, we have been made partakers of the righteousness of Christ. Remember that, brethren. Contemplate that gospel reality that you stand acquitted of all of your sin, that you stand as accepted, as perfectly righteous in the sight of God, even now, because Christ rose from the dead for you. Remember Christ. Remember His resurrection. Remember the righteousness that is yours by Him. Remember as well, as you think about the benefits of Christ, as you contemplate the benefits of Christ, remember that not only are you made a partaker of righteousness, In virtue of his resurrection. But you are also granted. We might say. The power. His power. Of new life. We are stirred up by his power. To a new life. If you have been raised with Christ. Paul says elsewhere. You are no longer dead. No longer as it were, under the power and sway of the old man of sin. But you have been made alive. And you are called to walk in newness of life in virtue of Christ's resurrection. How can you, how can you live presently now as a Christian, fulfilling all Of the exhortations of the scriptures. Living in holiness. Living in godliness. What power, what strength do you have? You have the living Christ. The risen Christ. When you contemplate your life. When you contemplate how it is that you will press on in holiness, waiting either for your death or for the return of Jesus Christ. Remember Christ. Remember Him risen from the dead. And remember that He 
is the power and the resurrection is the power by which you now live. You cannot hope to take one step in the direction of holiness and godliness apart from the risen Christ. But blessed be God, because in virtue of the risen Christ, in virtue of the exalted Christ, you may, indeed you are granted freely the grace to take step after step in the likeness of Jesus Christ. You are transformed in the likeness of Jesus Christ. Conformed to Jesus Christ. All because Christ rose from the dead for you. Indeed by that same power that Christ rose. That same divine power. God is at work in you. Even now. Unto holiness. Unto righteousness. And unto conformity with the truth. Remember believer then. That you have been made a partaker. Of the righteousness of Christ. Remember. That you are granted the power. His power unto newness of life. But remember also. That in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You have a pledge. Of your own glorious resurrection. A resurrection which is conformity. Not just in soul but in body. To the resurrected Christ. You have a pledge. You have a guarantee in the risen Christ. That you too. That you too will rise again. That your body lying in the grave will be reunited with soul. And that life, not just as you knew it before death, but life as it was ultimately meant to be lived in the presence of God, no sin in the perfection of glory, This life will be yours. And not because you earned it. Not because you took it for yourself. But precisely because Christ died and rose again for you and for me. Christ's resurrection is a pledge. It's the guarantee. It's As Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians 15, it is the first fruits. His resurrection stands at the head of the full harvest of resurrected saints. And his resurrection is the guarantee of the full resurrection of all of his people in his likeness. Just as you and I are created, as it were, in the likeness of the first Adam, so we will be resurrected in the likeness of the second Adam, Jesus Christ. Just as our our bodies presently conform to the first Adam, so our bodies in glory 
shall be conformed to the second Adam, the last Adam, Jesus Christ. Precisely because he rose from the dead. He is the cause of our resurrection. And in a certain manner of speaking, his resurrection is the form of our resurrection. We will be raised because he was first raised. And we will be raised in his likeness after his image. Remember this. Contemplate this. Contemplate that according to the glorious gospel of our Savior and Redeemer, Jesus Christ, He rose from the dead for us so that we who had no right, we who deserve the very opposite, death itself, will come to participate and receive newness of life, not just in soul but in body, and not just now but forever, because of Him and through Him. Remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead. Remember Jesus Christ. Indeed, pin all of your hopes upon Jesus Christ. Your hope for the forgiveness of sins and righteousness rests with Him. Your hope for the present. Your progress in holiness rests upon Him. And your hope for the future to be conformed to Him and to dwell with Him, indeed to behold Him, rests with Him. Remember Jesus Christ, not merely then as an intellectual exercise, not merely because the resurrection in Christ is of theoretical interest, but remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead because He is of the utmost vital, practical interest for you and for me. You and I have nothing if we have not Christ. You and I have nothing if we have not the risen Christ. Our faith would be empty. Our faith would be vain. Our hopes would be empty. Our hopes would be vain. And our present endeavor to holiness would be a fool's errand. But Christ is risen from the dead. The first fruits of the resurrection. Christ is risen from the dead. Victorious over sin and death forever and for all of his people. And if you, if you have come to believe upon him, you have come to share in his victory over death. You have received righteousness. You have received newness of life. And you will receive the fullness of eternal life. Why should we remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead? Paul answers himself. 
because faithful is the saying, verse 11. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. Do not deny him. Do not deny the virtue and the power of his resurrection. But trust in him. Rest in him. And brethren, remember him. When your sin and the guilt of sin overwhelms you, remember the risen Christ and the righteousness he has given to you. When you cry out with the apostle, that which I would do, I do not. And that which I would not do, that I do. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, who stirs you up by the power of his resurrection to newness of life. And when your hopes of eternity are flickering and the wick is burning low and your present circumstances seem to cloud heaven and eternity from view, remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead. Because His resurrection is the pledge and the promise that you too will not only see Him, but that you will be made like unto Him in every way. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead.